With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm not sure where any of you guys are, but right here, uh, a mail uh, in a mailbag episode, which we're about to get into, is a little bit of a novelty. Uh, this is the Weekside Podcast alongside Jenny Ventus. I'm Connor Orr. I haven't gotten mail in like three days. I'm completely snowed in here in the Northeast. Um, there, there seems to be a protocol here um, in my state where if you don't shovel out your mailbox exactly to the mailman's liking, he gives a big huffy wave and he blows past and he takes your mail with him. This is happening. Happened, uh, and I'm I'm expecting some uh, some exciting mail. They, our, our our Sports Illustrated Super Bowl commemorative issues are coming in, so very excited about that. So in light of that, very excited to get some mail, and so we decided uh, to dig through our weak side pod at Gmail inbox. We asked you guys for questions on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, you did not disappoint. So Jenny, we're just uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little mail today. Great intro, Connor. I'm really sorry to hear you've been without mail. But yes, fortunately, the Weekside podcast is here to fill in the gap. We've gotten a lot of great notes from people, some that were really kind and thoughtful. We appreciated one from Silvio in Switzerland, who enjoyed Connor's article during Super Bowl week, sharing a Danish NFL reporter's experience covering Tyreek Hill and how he was inclined to take serious off-the-field misconduct head-on and was surprised at how those issues were covered in America. Uh, We also heard from Julia, a lifelong Chiefs fan who used to live in New Mexico and is now back in her hometown of KC. She heeded our pandemic puzzle recommendations. So these pieces of mail are especially nice during the pandemic when we're all feeling a little isolated. It's really great to hear from listeners and that we're all mutually connecting over the things that are helping us get through this tough time. And... We also have a bunch of football questions to dive into, Connor. Yeah. So, Julia, I, this is especially for you. So, have and and maybe Jenny, this will blow your mind as well. I've had a lot of puzzle aficionados in my life during the pandemic. You being one of them. Um, and we, fa- I found a way. Um, our, my family in particular to step up the game for the puzzle lover in in your life. My grandmother is a puzzle aficionado as well, and we moved to. It's beyond a puzzle. It's it's a Parisian cafe that you have to build from scratch. And so you basically get a building uh, down to the studs, and you have to put up the wallpaper. You have to do the electrical work. You have to do the trim. You have to paint the walls, and you get all these little hand tools. And so it is like uh, you have to put up the lace on the curtains and cut it all from raw material. And so that is puzzle to the extreme. If you would wow. like a link to that, uh, please drop us a note, and I will send you a link to that because uh, 
I, I've, I've heard from a lot of puzzle people wondering what's next. And I can tell you, Julia, that this is the future of puzzles. That is impressive, Connor. Well, the best puzzle I got this year was from Connor. It was a puzzle <laughs> with the print of the Weekside Podcast uh, header logo. That was made by Shelby's awesome friend, a graphic yeah. designer. So that was the best puzzle that I have. I was saving it until after the season to assemble. So this will be a weekend activity in the coming weeks for me. Nice. Yeah, very excited. All right, so let's uh, let's jump in. What do we got? All right, question one from our w- mailbag is a really good one. Also from a regular ris- listener and corresponder, Chase from Buffalo. Chase writes... Using your married at first sight fandom, which new quarterback and coach combo will stay married or get a divorce? Example, Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. Also, since Chase wrote in, we have Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. First of all, we just want to say, Chase, you are truly a loyal listener by mentioning married at first sight. (laughs) This is remarkable recall. And we feel touched that you have taken note of our interests and have worked them into a question. I mean, that, that honestly brings me such joy. It does. That touches my heart. Thank you, Chase. Um, so I like, uh, I think this is a great question. Uh, I, I've, I'm like behind on this current season of Married at First Sight. I've, I've caught glimpses of the drama throughout some of the preview commercials. This is the first year that there's a, a divorced person on Married at First Sight. So there's a lot, of, a lot of intrigue there to climb into, which I'm sure we'll get to in later episodes. But um, I would say that I, I'm going to do a little bit of a wild card here. Um, since you mentioned Carson Wentz and Frank Reich and... I'm going to say that that is the pair that gets divorced the soonest, and here is why. Um, Carson Wentz has that sort of poison pill uh, built into his contract in the terms of the trade, right? So the Colts' second-round pick that they're sending to Philly becomes a first-round pick if he plays 75% or more of the snaps or 70% or more of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. If, for some reason, Indianapolis gets off to a bad start, uh, and, and maybe they re-sign Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they have somebody else. They draft somebody else that they have that they like. Uh, I think that they're going to be much more inclined to pull the trigger because imagine if you're two and four or two and five, you're looking at that pick, and that's all of a sudden a top ten pick. And you're not going to give that to Philadelphia, um, you know, as is. And so I think that you're going to work to uh, uh, to change that. So I think that there's just some complicating factors for Carson Wentz at play, and and we just don't know if he's going to be salvaged. So I think there's a lot of complications there. That's a really smart analysis, Connor, and that shows how the contracts and the money can affect some of this decision making. I would say. I have some confidence in Wentz and Frank Reich, despite that. Uh, If Wentz can be rehabilitated in Indianapolis, he and Frank Reich have a strong connection from their days in Philly. Wentz played his best season with Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator the year, of course, they won the Super Bowl before Wentz um, tore his ACL. He was having an MVP caliber season. And I think he really just needs a fresh start. You know, there's a psychological factor here Gary and I talked a little bit about this on the Monday morning podcast but Foles comes in wins the Super Bowl Wentz has some injuries he he misses another playoff opportunity and then they draft Jalen Hurts and ultimately those things just kind of built up over time but I think a fresh start we could really see the player that we once saw earlier in his career and so I actually have high hopes for that partnership, as do I with Sean McVay and Matt Stafford. But I will say that Dan Campbell and Jared Goff will get a divorce. I think from the Lions' perspective, 
they had to take the deal, you know, they wouldn't have picked Goff, I don't believe, but the Rams were willing to give away so much to get Stafford that it was a good deal for the Lions. And I think they'll try to make it work for with Goff, but I don't think he's the long-term answer there. Yeah, I I, I agree with you there too. Um, and and you, it's it's one of those things that's hard. I mean, we talk all the time about how these coaches kind of consider themselves leaders of men, and you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to take the program and and I'm going to make you a better person and a better player. And you know, the quarterbacks were sort of that last bastion of you know, well, no matter what, we're going to make it work with this guy. And Goff is just the latest example, Wentz, where you just you know, throw everything out and, and try again if it's not working instead of maybe trying to meet somebody at eye level and understand where they're coming from and, and try to fix things that way. And I'm not saying that there is a total breakdown of that on the Rams side of the Eagles side, but, you know, we just see this time and time again. So much talent ends up just getting kind of tossed out the window. So hoping any of these guys can, can turn it around where they are, you know. And for those who have watched Married at First Sight, there's always that tension before the decision is made. Will one partner want to stay while the other one wants to go? So that adds a lot of tension. And we've seen that a lot with quarterback team partnerships this year. You know, the Lions and Stafford agreed to a mutual parting of the ways, but Watson wants out of Houston and the Texans aren't listening to trade offers for him. So... Really, it helps everybody when both the quarterback and the team or both partners in a marriage on the reality show are on the same page, Connor. It's really painful when they're not. It is. You know what? I think that's why... um you know, my wife and I decided to spike it this season. And I don't know if you felt the same way, but you were on board with me the whole way last season, right down to the to the bitter end. And there's not enough love on that show. You know, it's I, I'm, it's creeping more towards reality show drama, right? And they're trying to set you up for those spicy moments, which maybe a lot of people crave. But I like seeing the organic development of actual love wasn't getting enough of it on that show. So what you're saying, Connor, is you've started to realize that two strangers forced together on a reality <laughs> show might not be the formula for true love. I do love, you make a good point. Um, and I, I do love, it was one of the women last year that was just like, uh, she kept saying over and over again, like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm just not ready for this. You know, I'm not ready to give my heart to a stranger. And it's like, well, you 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 went on married at first sight, so maybe the show's name could have been somewhat of an indicator of what's going to happen here. Maybe people aren't going on the show for true love either. Shocking. Another revelation. Killing me. <laughs> All, right, All right, Connor. Let's move let's... on to question number two. We've got a lot of quarterback questions because really this is the news of the month. Okay, this is a great question from, let me just make sure I have uh, the name right here. Um well, Twitter user Crime Dog. So thank you, Crime Dog. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, Connor. Love the show. Uh, question for the mailbag. Is Jarrett Stidham a total zero loss already? As a Pat's lifer, I'd love to see them get Ryan Fitzpatrick, draft defense early, see what Jarrett Stidham's got, and Belichick rebuild using that 0304 formula. Is that doable? Thank you. Uh, thanks for the question, Crime Dog, and thank you for uh, you know keeping our streets safe. Uh, so I would say that, uh, I don't know about you, Jenny, but I love the Ryan Fitzpatrick plan. I had, in one of my off-season previews, had, had projected him either to go to Carolina or New England. I thought that the Patriots would be a great play 
place um, for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that would complete his sweep, I think, I of every single say, team in the every AFC. AFC East. Yeah, That's so impressive. That, that would be fin. I would love that. There's actually nothing more that I would love than that. And uh, and and see if he can kind of pump up Stidham a little bit and, and get him out there. But I don't know. I, I, I would imagine, I, I would be surprised if Belichick, understanding the market as well as he does. He has cap space in a time when not a lot of other people have cap space. I think he knows that there's an opportunity to do something here. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, might come loose. Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. All that leads me to believe that I think they're going to look outside, and I think they're rebuilding for right now. And I think that they need to go into the season with a quarterback that they feel can win them you know, 10 or 11 games. Yeah, and as we were talking about this question before the show, Connor, you mentioned, okay, so he's a middle round pick, you know, it's kind of a one of those picks where, well, they work out or they don't, it's not a huge risk either way. Um, and obviously, Stidham, there were times last season where had they had confidence in Stidham, they could have put him in, they could have moved on from Cam to Stidham, and they didn't last season. So I don't think it would be their plan going into this season, but uh, I I see, like Connor, kind of rooting for the Ryan Fitzpatrick AFC East sweep. So that part of the formula that Crime Dog has suggested, I really do like. Yeah, um, I, and I think that anywhere uh, where you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, having a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, having a guy like Tyrod Taylor, having a guy like Alex Smith, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of these players who have been consummate professionals, um, you know, have that work ethic, you know, especially I remember Tyrod Taylor on uh, on Hard Knocks really showing, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield how to uh, be a pro, how to get to work every day. Just, and then his work with Justin Herbert, really, by extension, I think really got Justin Herbert ready too. So any of those guys, you know, I think if you're planning on building from the ground up and you're getting a rookie quarterback, one of those guys is essential. So maybe Bill Belichick drafts. I mean, Mac Jones is a guy that's out there and Bill Belichick is going to have better information on Mac Jones because of his relationship with Nick Saban than anybody else in the draft. And so, you know, maybe that's one of those things where we look and we see that coming down the pike. Who knows? But uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, I think this is the year the Patriots really have to figure it out at the quarterback position. I mean, last year was the first year after Brady. It became an opt-out year where they had a lot of high-profile impact players opt-out, and it just be kind of it just became kind of a a season that was just a connector from one era to the next, right? Not a season that we'll remember. And so now, moving ahead to twenty twenty one, they've got to look at look at what's out there and, and, and figure out a plan. And I can't imagine that Jared Stidham would be that plan. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
All right, All right. What do we got for the next mailbag question? Question number three comes from Michael in Hamilton, Ontario, who made sure that we got his question, which I really appreciate. He sent yes. it two different ways, and Michael, we appreciate the persistence. That's very journalistic of you, Michael. I, I got, during the Super Bowl, I got I creeped out somebody that I needed to talk to for a story because I hit both Instagrams, Twitter, email, and text and uh and that very much uh you know but that's you got to do what you got to do did it work out it did um i'm not sure if it's uh if it's going to be a lifelong friendship uh you know after that but uh i you know what i think michael uh hopefully will be a lifelong listener because we we appreciate the effort yes we are very grateful to michael all right this is a very good question also do you think the stafford deal has changed the dynamics of the watson trade is it going to be important to the Texans that they receive a quarterback back in the trade? So I think the most likely exchange would be with a team that sends a quarterback back because it offsets the amount of compensation they have to give up, right? If you give the Texans someone that they can start at quarterback, say a Sam Darnold or a Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Kirk Cousins, then that becomes part of the exchange packet and it makes the package and it makes the cost that you're giving up in draft picks a little bit more palatable. That's a great point. And it's interesting now to kind of see who and, and what is available. You know, I, I guess the latest round of reporter uh, sources close to Watson that we've seen out there have mentioned the 49ers. And so, okay, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo, who was drafted by Nick Casario, who's now in Houston. Is that uh, significant in any way, shape, or form? The Jets were a team that had a lot of draft capital. They have Sam Darnold. They're reportedly now listening to offers for Sam Darnold, or if not listening, making it very clear that they're evaluating draft prospects along with their uh, uh, their evaluation of Sam Darnold. And so I, I think it's really interesting, and I totally agree that I don't think this Texans team right now, as, ple- as presently constructed, plans on going into next season starting a rookie quarterback. I, I don't think that that's part of their plan. I, I totally agree with you. I think that they need somebody that they can stick under center to make this thing look presentable right off the bat. Um and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, does having Josh McCown there help a- anybody at all? I mean, you know, he's friends with a lot of quarterbacks in the league. He mentored Sam Darnold. Uh, does that factor in at all? But, yeah, no, I-, I don't think that there's any way that they can pull this off unless they get uh, a quality veteran starter in return. Yeah, and off of my poor initial list, I forgot Jimmy Garoppolo. I also forgot Tua Tagovailoa if in an exchange with Miami. And of course, it's a different situation than the Stafford deal with the Rams-Lions deal, because in that case, the Lions were essentially taking Goff's contract off the Rams' hands. But um, in this case, it just makes a lot of sense for there to be a, a quarterback exchange, a quarterback plus a, some draft picks, for Deshaun Watson or some other players thrown in as well. I think that uh, in general, when Stafford was traded, I mean, you and I both talked about this. Um, 
uh, part one of that question, did the Stafford deal uh, change the dynamics of the Watson trade? I think we're both in agreement that that deal, I think you have to consider that in a vacuum for this for this offseason. Like, you know, basically, they the Rams needed desperately to get rid of Jared Goff's contract. And that's why a lot of these picks that we saw changing hands went the way that they went. And I think that you have to negate that in terms of compensation. And you're basically erasing the board when it comes to the Watson trade. That's what I would say, too. Yeah, right. Agree. Very w- well said. Better said than I did, Connor, as usual. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to our next one from Reese in Melbourne, Australia. Jeez, Reese, it's like four o'clock in the morning there. Uh, hopefully you're not listening right now, but uh, when you when you wake up and uh, and and go about your day tomorrow. Uh, he wrote that in saying that he somehow fell in love with the NFL in Australia and NFL podcast like the weak side have helped him grow his knowledge of the game. Wow. Thank you very much, Reese. Um can't wait to be able to travel to the U.S. again once the virus is behind us. My number one bucket list challenge is to see every NFL team play, and I'm currently stuck at 25 out of 32. That's impressive, though, for living mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Wow. Yes. Um, well, we followed up with Reese and asked him which seven is he missing. So he's missing Packers, Lions, Bills, Falcons, Jets, Raiders, and Bears. A mix of good and not so good. He says he definitely wants to get to Lambeau. I agree. You have to go there. Um, he asked us best experience so far. Oh, oh, no. He, his no, best he said, experience. Yes, yeah. That his best experience so far was Arrowhead. The noise was mind-blowing. I agree. Um, and so, Jenny, I'll ask you, which mm-hmm. stadium uh, has left a mark on you over your travels over the years? Have you seen, because uh, n- neither of us have seen Vegas yet. Uh, have been there have you been to every other stadium i'm trying to think i think i've missed maybe i think tampa bay is tampa bay and houston are the two that i'm missing um and uh yeah i'm those are the two super bowls that i missed yeah i haven't seen um right vegas and sofi stadium right yeah yeah um i think i've been to most of the other ones but um Arrowhead, as our friend Reese mentions, is is a great atmosphere. Reese, you have to get to Lambeau, as you also said, and the Bills experience is a memorable one. I would say the first time, though, that I was wowed by an NFL stadium experience, so this left a mark on me because I went to college at Penn State, so the stadium, Beaver Stadium, holds, I forget the exact capacity at this point, around 106,000, right? So going from a college game day experience, one of the largest stadiums in the country, to NFL experience, you know, we were covering Giants and Jets games at the Meadowlands, Connor. It's not a very impressive experience from the stadium atmosphere, certainly not compared to something like Beaver Stadium. So the first time I really felt that energy was at um, watching the Jets play at the Steelers at Heinz Field and they play Renegade, you know, and the stadium is, you can feel it moving up and down and everyone's really into it. So that was the first NFL experience that I really felt that same college vibe. I would say that the the ones that left, I'll I'll give like one offbeat answer and then I'll give a real answer. But the ones that left the biggest impact on me, seeing a game in London um, uh, at Wembley was was incredible. Just the energy there and the excitement uh, and the whole vibe there was just uh, that felt like dreamlike almost to be out there. That was a really cool experience just because of the the appreciation and the difference in the fandom. I think that there's more of a genuine interest and appreciation and less of a 
let me see how drunk I can get and the worst thing that I can get away with saying out loud without getting kicked out sort of vibe to it. And so I think that there, I really liked <laughs> um, that aspect of it. Um, I would say, you know, Lambo is hard to beat. The, the yeah. surrounding area is beautiful. You know, I, I, I went to uh, back when the Giants from the playoffs going to the Super Bowl, I was working for the Star Ledger and they assigned me to just walk around Lambo and go to all these little houses. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, basically. And, uh, you know, walked a block down from the stadium uh, to this old woman's house who put up funny sayings every week on a, on a scoreboard outside of her uh, house. And she took me in and uh, she gave me a bag of didn't know who I was, didn't know I was coming, uh, did the interview, gave me a bag of caramels, gave me a bag of cheese, and then the next day, after the game, it snowed, and she called me, and she said that her daughter wasn't home, and that if my flight got canceled, I could sleep at her house. Wow. This is like a, a person that I had just met, a sweet old lady um, that lived like a, a block from there. Like, that's the kind of place that you're landing if you go to Lambo. It's a very, like, incredible... Yeah. Uh, like home away from home kind of feel great story connor so i've been mentally going through my mind as we've been talking and i think the one stadium that i haven't been to aside from the two that opened this year is i haven't been to a game in jacksonville stadium i've been to a practice we we were there together connor Mm -hmm. on the they were practicing during training camp on the fields outside the stadium. We parked at the stadium. I remember we frantically searched for a missing key fob <laughs> that we had like accidentally locked in the trunk. But somehow, by the way, listeners, if you ever lock key fob in the trunk, you can open the trunk, I think. For, I don't know. There was some hack where the trunk was able to open and the key fob was in the trunk and we were saved. But in any event, um, that was the only time I've been to Jacksonville. So I have not been to a game there. You know, I was at Tim Tebow's return to uh, to Florida, uh, ah, to Jacksonville yes. with the That's Jets. Right. So that That's was a right. good uh, that was a good Jaguars game. I like I like it down there. I like it a lot. That was a good first stop for our training camp tour too. Even though I almost. Uh, uh, stalled the or lost the entire thing by locking our key fob in the trunk. No, so. it was a mutual. It was a mutual <laughs> effort there. So fortunately, we made we made it out and all was good. So, um, but yes, Reese, we are very impressed at your list of teams that you've seen live, and we hope that the world is somewhat back to normal sometime soon, so you can resume your list. Yes. All right, our last mailbag for today. Is from Rob. I do not think Rob gave his location, but he is providing two book recommendations. Also a loyal listener because Connor, again, here he is listening to us, hearing our interests. This is really heartwarming. Okay. I enjoy your podcast and will continue to listen, even though I will have mild depression until next September when there is a new season. I recall you are both interested in John Kennedy's assassination. One of the best novels ever and a plausible explanation is The Tears of Autumn by Charles McCary. It is also a terrific audiobook. And especially for Connor, Away With Words. Now that's spelled away, like one word, away with words. (laughs) I mean, this is a great pun already. An irreverent tour through the world of pun competitions by Joe Berkowitz. Please keep up with the good work. I appreciate your knowledge, insights, and humor. Also very nice. Okay, so I Googled away with words, Connor, because, you know, you're the pun master. So there's like, there are these pun competitions around the world. You should enter. See, here's what's so interesting. I had sort of a a 180 moment. Did you ever read Amelia Bedelia when you were a kid? Yes. So Amelia Bedelia is essentially a kid's introduction to puns. Like every... 
all it's just a pun after pun after pun after pun after pun and i was reading uh amelia bedelia uh, to someone else not not for uh not for her pleasure the other day and um it was just i got hit with pun after pun after pun and i was like this is exhausting and what am i putting my listeners through you no know? Like- <laughs> no this is a part of the show connor we are all invested Good. Okay. All right. Uh, that said, I I love the idea of a pun competition. I think that like there was a couple years ago where there was like the dad slash mom joke thing on YouTube that was like a big fad, and I think I would like this too. I th- I'm I'm a big fan of, uh, of 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 a good old fashioned pun. There's something called the Punderdome 3000 in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, this was in within driving distance, Connor. Whenever wow. there are conventions again or in person competitions. I think we got to go. We could record a podcast from the Punderdome 3000. I'm thinking like it's going to be a big summer concert is on my list. Um, Maybe to go to a nice dinner and then a pun competition. That would be that would round out my top three. Sounds perfect to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. What a a bunch of great mail we got today. I'm I'm like thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of perfect, you know, that was a perfect five questions. We had some football ones hit on some of the news of the week. We had obviously the Wentz trade to Indianapolis. Got that. Got some bigger picture questions. Got some (laughs) questions specific to us and our interests. Listeners, if you would like to write our topics every week, you can email me. (laughs) 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 Seriously, you guys are more on top of it than we are. This is great. It's going to be interesting to see how all these quarterback moves shake out, Connor. I feel like that's going to be the main topic of our podcast for the next several weeks to come. I was blown away. I didn't realize, and um, I think I read it somewhere else, but um, ESPN's Adam Schefter had predicted, he said, let's set the over-under at 18 quarterbacks of the 32 changing hands this offseason, and I'll take the over. That's stunning to me. That is pretty um, stunning. And uh, and just imagine where we could be in a week. I mean, you know, we didn't get into it too much today, but all of a sudden, uh, there's doubt lingering that Ben Roethlisberger might be back mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, and and how does that affect things? And yeah. again, I mean, it, it's it's just totally shocking. Last week, I did uh, one spin around the QB carousel, and it, within 48 seconds of that uh, publishing, it all has been rendered completely impossible because of like all the moves that have been made so far. But that I think is fascinating to me is like everybody's in the hunt. You know, the Panthers especially are this team that we thought Mike liked Teddy Bridgewater and now all of a sudden are emerging mm-hmm. as this lion uh, on the scene trying to get involved. And I, I, I'm just fascinated by everything. It just shows how quickly things change. You know, A year ago, we wouldn't have thought that Goff and Stafford would be switching places. We wouldn't have thought that Deshaun Watson would be on his potentially on his way out of Houston. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. I mean, there were some signs after the Super Bowl loss, of course. Um, so that's been percolating for a while. But a really has been a shift from teams, you know, getting a quarterback a couple of years ago to now a lot of teams moving on from them. Maybe they weren't the right match. Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota. You mentioned Bridgewater. So uh, a lot of moving parts that we're going to have to see how they shake out. But that would be pretty remarkable if more than half the league had a different starting quarterback this season. I wonder if that happens. Does every coach from here on out avoid ever even saying that that's my guy? 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I like now everybody, now that Wentz is gone, everybody's digging up everything. You know, Doug Peterson, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the Eagles, Wentz is our guy. And, you know, we did, they did that with the Cardinals and uh, and Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah. And, like, I, I actually remember that when uh, I we knew they were going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was worried that the Cardinals were going to delete all their tweets, um, their froggy tweets during the combine season where they were like, yeah, trade Josh Rosen? Okay, he's our guy. You know, and I remember saving them all to my desktop so I could just tweet them off in succession one after the other, which I did as soon as they drafted Kyler Murray because uh, I'm petty. And I wonder if teams will like, it, they'll be even squirrelier about this now because co- mm-hmm. coaches are oddly squirrely about it as it is. Like Les Snead is the master of this. Like um, uh, you could tell he like, either should have gone to law school or if you know if he ever has the desire to would do well there it's always like yes he's our quarterback right now um or uh, a couple of years ago we will never delete sam bradford we can't just delete sam bradford that was the the, the quote like some of these guys it's they've they're at, amazing at it and i wonder how much more like uh, neurotic they're going to be about committing to these quarterbacks yeah, I mean, we had the Aaron Rodgers line, my future is a beautiful mystery, which Snead then <laughs> co-opted. I mean, that's now in the rotation for anyone to seize upon. We also heard Kevin Colbert leaving the door open on Roethlisberger's future with the team. So I agree, Connor, especially in this day and age where people can screenshot tweets. I mean, I think we had one of the Cardinals Josh Rosen tweets saved between us and I feel like I made it into a meme that I only sent to you. You, maybe. <laughs> I don't I think it remember- went public. I'm not much on Twitter, so I think I just sent it to you. But um, we definitely were prepared. We were at the ready. That was, yeah, I was fired up about that. And who knew? I mean, as we revealed exclusively last week on the Weekside podcast, you know, the Cardinals were tweeting them to fake followers anyway. <laughs> so, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, doesn't even make a sound. Truly a great nugget. Hopefully we will have a lot more nuggets this off season. But in the meantime, thank you, readers, for getting us through a relatively slowish week of the NFL offseason. We are grateful for you listening and writing in and always appreciate hearing from you at weeksidepod at gmail.com. The Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Mark Maravik is the Emeritus Executive Director of the MMQB. Our theme music was written and composed by singer-songwriter Ryan Harris-Brown, whose latest album, Stranded in the Present Tense, is available now on all major streaming services. Keep up with the Weekside Podcast by subscribing to our new feed, and while you're there, leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. 